Hello, I'm Father Joe Roche of the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Thank you for joining us as we continue our journey of reading the Journal of Blessed George Matulaitis from beginning to end. Today we take up from where we left off, beginning with March 1st, 1921, pages 299 through 301. March 1st, 1921. Father Stentkevich, the Vice-Chancellor, sent me a message. He asked me to permit him to resign from his position. Ostensibly, it was because my recent appointments of several priests clearly showed that I favored Lithuanians and Belarusians and that I was engaged in party politics. He had consulted with his confessor and decided to resign because he wanted no part in any work that is detrimental to his country, Poland, and to our holy church. In his letter, he did not mention any facts. Thank God that he has resigned. He did not do very much work in any case. Fearing the Bolsheviks, he once left Vilnius and had gone beyond Gardinas into Poland, where he stayed for several months in June of last year, he went again to Poland and remained there until recently. He has been constantly ill with heart trouble. Among the Lithuanians, he has been denounced as a fervent endek, who, while sitting in the chancery office, was actually engaged in party politics. I have always been aware that I have enemies in the chancery, that they relay information from the chancery to their own people and hinder my work. I used to keep hearing complaints that certain documents against some of the priests had never reached me. These documents disappeared somewhere. Several times I asked Father Stetskevich to publish my directives in the Jenik Vilensky and other newspapers, but he did not do so. I felt that he and some of the Endek priests had been working against me. However, I tolerated all of this because of the troubled times and the situation that has arisen in the country. During the last few days, another matter has come to light. Last year, the wife of Korwin Milevsky filed for annulment at the diocesan court and won it. Monsignor Sadovsky, the official who had charge of the case, and also Monsignor Hanasovich and Canon Kupta, informed me that Father Stetskevich had inserted the words ex culpa mariti, due to the fault of the husband, in a copy of the court decision. These words were not used in the actual decision. Father Haletsky, the chancellor, also confirmed this. Mr. Korwin Milevsky was offended precisely on account of these words and had asked the chancery to give him an authentic copy of the document. Monsignor Sadovsky was of the opinion that the wisest thing for Father Stetskevich to do would be to go away to America. When Korwin Milevsky finds out that these words were inserted by Stetskevich, he will be furious and will take him to court. I said that we should wait until the situation is clarified. Perhaps Father Stetskevich is innocent and will be able to defend himself. Now the thought occurs to me, did Father Stetskevich, having learned all this and seeing that he would not be able to remain in the chancery any longer, plan to injure me as he was leaving? The fact is that a certain priest had suggested that I should exonerate Father Stetskevich by ordering that the words ex culpa mariti be inserted in a new copy of the court decision. 
Naturally, I could not consent. Monsignor Sadovsky was also of the opinion that we cannot alter the wording of the decision. It would be unconscionable. When Father Stetskevich returned from Warsaw, he did not come to in to see me. Apparently, he did not wish to talk to me. I had always taken great pains to treat him with special gentleness and courtesy, and even helped him in some minor matters as much as I could. Now he is telling everyone around town about the letter of resignation he submitted to me and is bragging about the heroic step he has just taken. May God bless and protect him. Of course, I released him as he requested. Here, Blessed George writes of a request from the Vice Chancellor, a Polish priest who asks to resign, because, presumably because Blessed George appears to be favoring Lithuanian and Belarusian priests and is therefore engaged in party politics. But that just seems to be the excuse that he uses to be able to leave. He had been vice-chancellor since 1918 when Blessed George began as bishop. But Blessed George did not regret his resignation. He apparently had not done very much work. He was uh, one who had fled Vilnius when he feared that the Bolsheviks would come. He'd stayed away for several months, uh, more than once. It seems that he had spent more time outside the diocese than in it doing his job. He was also constantly sick with a weak heart and he was strongly aligned with the National Democratic Party, the Index. He engaged in party politics in the Chancery office. He had been working against Blessed George from within the Chancery. He also kept some documents from reaching Blessed George, and he had failed to print the bishop's directives for the Catholics in the newspapers of the diocese. And Blessed George learned that the Vice Chancellor had an and inserted some wording into an annulment decision which could have led him to be brought to court. Uh, some asked Blessed George to cover it up, but he did not do so. It would not have been the right thing to do. Uh, the priest might have been trying to harm Blessed George on his way out the door, knowing that he had to leave anyway because of that situation. But he uh, held himself up as a hero who stood up to the political bishop uh, Blessed George had always treated him kindly, but the priest didn't return the favor. He didn't come to see Blessed George before he left. Perhaps deep down in his heart he knew who was in the right, and he felt guilty. Need a miracle? Here's a prayer for a special grace through the intercession of Blessed George which has received ecclesiastical approval. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O God, our Lord and Father, you surround us always by your care. Receive our humble petition, and through the intercession of Blessed George, who suffered so much for your glory and for the increase of your kingdom here on earth, grant me the grace, and here mention your intention, for which I ask you with confidence, promising to live from now on with greater fidelity to your commandments. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. To receive a Blessed George prayer card, or to report graces received through the intercession of Blessed George, please visit us at thedivinemercy.org slash journal. That's thedivinemercy.org slash journal. Blessed George, pray for us. Jesus, I trust in you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Thank you, and God bless you. Are you a Marian Helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.